Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer codependent returnee from rock bottom and a gratefully recovering addict and this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame the highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn but are so grateful that we did so school is can be was definitely for me a minefield My guest today, Mae Stevens, is talking openly about her experience with bullying, body shaming and being forced to come out. We are also discussing all things ADHD and music and healing. Her new single is out on the 29th of this month, so please visit the podcast bio where you will find all information. Okay, so it is 2018 and I always love to say, what a big year. What the... Fuck was happening in 2018. <laughs> you will be surprised by what Kettering, Kettering's got going on. But we're at school um, and in this moment, yeah. why do you think you've got no friends? So I was at school for the majority of my life um, closeted because for me, I, I, so I, I was bisexual in mm-hmm. school and then I, I transferred over and I was a lesbian mm-hmm. um, for quite a while. And then I met my partner. It was like one man that changed it all. But um, that sounds really bad. But no, going back, getting back to school, I was mm. bisexual. I was really confused. I wasn't sure what I liked, um, but I kept that quite, quite closed. Mm. And um, there was this other person who was going through their period of time you know they were um I believe non-binary and they changed their name and I was friends with this person for years before their transition Mm. um like a really 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 dear friend um such a lovely person Mm. and then one day I 
misnamed them. And I, I always apologize. Like I'm a very, sometimes I jumble my words or I forget something. And every, especially with like pronouns or or names, I'm always, like I always try to accommodate. But sometimes my brain just, there's like a switch that doesn't work yeah. sometimes. And I always apologize. And anyway, I apologized to this person and then they did not speak to me for so long. Like they completely shunned me out and I felt oh. so isolated. And the next thing I know, this rumor's going around the school that I'm homophobic. And so that kind of, that really hit on another level. I was like, I don't really know what to do. And so I ended up having to come out to my friends and be like, look, I'm not homophobic. You know, I'm, I'm questioning myself. And it was such a weird thing because I expected coming out to be something of acceptance. And like, here it is. Like, and telling my parents was the scariest thing ever. But they were, they were obviously amazing about it. Yeah. But um, it was terrifying because I, I got forced to come out pretty much and doing that as well I had I remember sitting in science class had two lads either side of me two quite popular lads right yeah. two sporty sporty lads Ugh, I hate them oh, no, no. <laughs> I hate them I hate them but I love them so. oh. <laughs> and um and one mm. of them turns to me and goes are you greedy and I was like greedy in what sense because obviously in school as well I was a bigger girl so they could have meant my my eating problems like my eating habits it's like no but what do you mean? And they were like, are you greedy? You like them both. You really like them both, don't you? And then they, they kind of started to, to almost push. And at that point, I didn't know what to say. So I had to leave the class. I literally just, I could not cope with them just pushing and pushing and pushing. And it took me, <clears throat> it took me so long to find peace with that yeah. and actually fall into my skin a little bit more because usually when you come out you're prepping for it you yeah know, you're, you're going I feel comfortable in my own skin now I'm going to come out I had to come out and then feel comfortable in my own skin which was like it's so hard to do it the other way around but yeah that was my and then I lost and then going back to it I lost a lot of friends mm. because the moment you tell the moment you tell your friends that are females or I say my friends mm. that you like girls they run away they're like, oh, you must like me then. It's like, no, actually, I have standards. Yeah, thank but, you. <laughs> Honestly, it's that thing of being like, I'm fucking, come on, chill out. Yeah, I lost I lost quite a lot of my friends. Like, they they just couldn't cope with the fact that that was how it was. You know, I, I lost, like, I had a lot of mates that, you know, lived in different parts of the country as well, like friends yeah. who met on games or and friends outside of school as well. And I, I lost quite a few just because... They were like, oh, you must like me, then oh, it's gonna be weird. And it it, it did it did become quite awkward for a while because you know, you get changed with them, you get ready with them, like yeah. they're your girls, they do everything for you. And then it's just that, that when that that piece of information comes in yeah. and that little sprinkling of awkwardness comes in, it just it completely sets a friendship in, in the wrong direction. Man, I mean like ego just flies through the fucking roof of mm. going like, sorry, your coming out must be about me and your attraction to me. It's Typical. like but that it's uh, your hand being forced in that situation of either going, I'm sorry, I'm, I either have to be homophobic or mm. I have to come out yeah. and not being given a choice or any kind of like gray or middle ground or time and space. Fucking hell. That's, yeah. It's just kids, isn't it? Though? It's, it's kids, kids like kids. Kids are horrible. And, and that sounds really bad. I say the kids I went to school with, some of them were so so mean in the sense of like they had no filter yeah like because kids a lot of kids don't have a filter do they yeah. it's like this comes out i did not realize what i said was bad but it's come out anyway yeah it's just it was the worst period of time in my life like don't get me wrong the school that i went to like they were always accommodating to me they always made sure i was all right yeah but it was just it was just cruel kids it was too specifically i will happily yeah. happily give this piece of information to everyone there were two girls that made my life a living hell and they were sisters. 
and they absolutely like I had body dysmorphia I was depressed I had severe anxiety like I, I was so scared of leaving the house or so scared of walking home from school that I'd catch them um Oh just they they pushed me downstairs they ripped my bag open uh they filled my shoes with water when i was in pe uh one of them cut my hair uh, <gasps> in a class i had a bit of hair hanging down in the back she was sat behind me in science um so i had a lovely chunk of hair i didn't put my hair up for a while there was there was loads and like i don't condone bullying whatsoever but i am i feel like i'm so mentally headstrong now because i had to endure so much in that time period yeah like even now, my ankles, knees, and hips are out of alignment from being pushed down three flights of stairs. Because with my with the stairs as well is when it's rained. Yeah. Because it, when it's rained, it's obviously really slippy. It's one of those staircases that goes like that. Yeah. So you, you fall, you slide, you are down. Whoa. Um. Was there any kind of comeuppance for those girls? One of them, other than right now. Well, <laughs> I mean, success is the best karma. For me, I, I don't really know what happened to them. One of them wasn't in the school anymore, and the other one I've never heard anything of, apart from, um, apart from. Oh, I'll tell you a little bit of tea. So my nice. partner now, very pretty looking lad. He's he's Spanish. He's a beautiful human to me, um, and he did barbering in college, right? Uh -huh. Excellent barber. Um, but the, one of the girls was in his class, and she tried to hit on him a little bit, and she liked him. One day, she started talking about me. Um, there was a rumor going around. I can I can happily explain this. Mm. There was a rumor. It was me, my friend, and these two lads. Mm. Uh, one of them was my friend's friend, and the other one was just some very awkward lad. Mm. We're all sat there on her bed watching. Did you end of the fucking world? Oh yeah, that show. I think I auditioned for that back in the day. Really? Mm. Good. Show. It's a cracking show. So good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Yes. We <laughs> <laughs> were sat there. There was nothing about it. It was literally four people sat on the bed watching TV. I yeah. cannot make this crap up. But a year later, she dates this guy. Right. Like, no recollection. I couldn't remember this guy's face if you asked me to. I can't remember his name. Yeah. She dates this guy. And then she goes around and says to everyone that apparently I slept with him. Right? Bear in mind, I'm like 15, 16 years old at this what? point. What? I am. Okay. Boyfriends to me don't really exist. Right? All I'm thinking about is food. And getting through school. That's <laughs> basically my, my my tandem of thoughts. But yeah, she told the entire school that I'd slept with him. And then she'd men she started mentioning this when Adam was stood in the room mm. with her and Barbara. And he was like, yeah, she slept with my boyfriend. Da, da, da. And Adam turned around and he called her out on it, right? Bear in mind, her and her friend mm. used to like eye him up and follow him around and stuff like that. Mm. And he called her out and she was like, oh, I, I, I can't remember what she said. But he turned around and went, no, you're being a bitch. How dare you talk about my girlfriend like that? And then she never came into college. She didn't come to class again. She could. I don't think she could face the fact that he stood up for me and she she wasn't going to get him. Or she, like, it, There was a lot of girls that tried it on with my partner and he was just like, no, no, thank you. No. I only have eyes for you. No. <laughs> yeah, it, so many. Because he's such, he's such a pretty boy. And yeah. he, he doesn't realise it, but he's a very, very good looking lad. Mm. And so... There were always going to be girls that tried it on. Some of my, like some of the girls I went to school with tried it on. There was a girl I'd known for so many years and she tried it on. Like, mm. And to be honest, I'm a very, I'm an Aries. I'm a fire sign. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit fiery. So for me yeah. to have to stand there while some girl is, is talking to me and he's like, no, no, you have to withhold yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold yourself back. But yeah, that, those two made my life a living hell. And that was just... I'm so strong for it now. Like I don't take anything now mm, because mm. why should I? I was I was pushed over for so many years. Mm. 
but yeah, I don't know where they are now. I quite frankly could not care. I've had I've had people from school who bullied the crap out of me reach out to me and go, so proud of you, like yeah. well done, all of that. And I'm never horrible back. Yeah. I always say like thank you very much or something like that. Yeah. Because why would I why would I bring myself down to them yeah. their level? It's just like it's literally kind of like placing that boundary in place yeah. of going, I there's absolutely no reason also not to sing to the level of being cruel in yeah. return. I never believe in being directly cruel to anybody. Mm. Just like but just going, cool, thanks. We're not going to connect yeah, over this. Exactly. Like, hello, oh. look who's joined the chat. Hey. Michael's here, everybody. Oh. I think his bum is directly <laughs> to camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Hello, my dear. Um, oh, scared <clears throat> Sorry. It is funny. Like, I, I've been away from school for so long that I can't, I can't, I, it's like this weird sort of like hazy, Oz memory. Even for me now as well. It's, I don't remember half the stuff that happened at school. Which is probably a sign of how fucking awful it was. It's one. Th- it's something you block out from. I think everyone does it though. Everyone mm. blocks school out from their memory because you're, you're in the, like, I don't know if you, did you guys have a uniform? Yeah. We had the same, you're in the same uniform for like several years. There is no, oh, I've been blessed. Sorry. <laughs> but there's no, there's no independence. Like there's no, there's no creativity. You wear the same uniform. Everyone has the same hair. You're not allowed to do this. And oh, hello, I'm Nikki. And I, I, that that was so difficult because there was no expression in school. Yeah. So you kind of block it out from your memory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely did. I can't believe what happened when they pushed you down the stairs. Right. In that move, did anyone come to your aid? <sighs> I mean, I don't remember it very. Well. I remember there being a couple people around, but then again, nobody did anything because. Yeah. If they, I think it's, it's like a rule in school, isn't it? You get involved, you're involved. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's the reason why, it's not, I never told my parents. I didn't tell my parents until I left school. And mm. neither, like my brother was the same. Not because, like, not because we were scared of them or anything or because we were worried they were going to do anything. Do I taste good? Is it nice? <laughs> it's licking my hand. Oh. Not yet, yeah, not because, we, like, we were worried about telling them or anything because we knew if we told them, they'd go down to the school. Yeah. They'd, they'd, they'd obviously do the right thing and go tell the teachers. However, mm that would make our life 10 times harder. Like mm. the people would find out, the school would get called, the parents would get called, the mm. kids would be 10 times worse and everyone would call you a telltale. Yeah. Everyone would be like, you're a snitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was never that option to tell my parents. It's not worth the honest. admin. It's not no. worth fucking admin in that situation. It's not. But there, it was, there was so many things. It was a, there was a group of them as well. It wasn't just the two girls. It yeah. was a group of girls. They had their little tween of followers. And... Um, I just remember, I remember the worst feeling was coming back in from PE. Bear mm. in mind, you know when you're a kid and your mum buys you trainers, she'll buy you like bright, colourful trainers because you're a kid. And yeah. My mum did that, except I was in year 10. So of course I wanted, I wanted a pair of white Air Force. Mm. I wanted some black trainers or something that wasn't bright neon colour. Yeah. She says. <laughs> <laughs> she lied. Full circle moment. <laughs> but, um, oh, you're on me. You're on me, Mike. Hang on. Um... But, yeah, so I, I had these neon blue pair of Nikes that we got from Sports Direct. You know, the ones where mum's like, you need some running trainers. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. need fashion trainers. Yeah. So you got me with these pair of running No trainers. one's looking. No one's looking. Yeah, no Fucking one's looking. You can have Velcro. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I want the ones that light up at the bottom when I run. Lully Kelly. Um, <laughs> nobody wanted the shoes. We all wanted the makeup. Nobody gave a crap about the shoes. They were ugly. <laughs> we just wanted the makeup that did absolutely sweep. Cool. Okay. The eyeshadow didn't do nothing. It was plastic. 
Um, but yeah, I had these trainers and my, my school shoes, like I was quite proud of them. I'd had the same style of school shoes three times because yeah. I just, they were comfortable. They didn't give me blisters. I didn't care what anyone thought about those. It was more than just the trainers. Mm. Come back in. They are filled to the brim with water. I can't right. So then they knew that I had those trainers and they knew that I was anxious and I didn't want to wear them because mm. nobody wants to stand out in school. Mm. And so they filmed my, my, my shoes were watching. I then had to walk around the school in these trainers. And it was literally, it was like a big sign saying, look at me, look at my shoes. And it, I just remember being so embarrassed and just asking the school and be like, please send me home, please send yeah. me home to get changed. I'll just put some white trainers on. I'll put some vans on. I don't care. I just don't want to wear these. Yeah. And it was nothing. It was like, no, no, you got to stay in class. And my shoes didn't dry up for like two days. Oh my fucking God. That's why it's so calculated because that was that was premeditated oh God, yeah. murder. That's, yeah. mm. tell you what though, like we said, we don't know what they're up to. They 100% know what you're doing. <laughs> and that, that is some sweet victory. Do you know what? The, the thing is as well is, I'm not afraid to talk about... I won't name them because mm. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not the kind of person to go, it was this person, they did it. Here's their name, here's mm. their address, here's everything about them. But <laughs> I will happily talk about it because I'm sure they know who they are. Yeah. And they definitely know who they are. And I'm sure they know what they did was wrong. Mm -hmm. Because you gave a little girl body dysmorphia, depression, anxiety, scared to come into school. I was scared to be myself and my God, I was scared to come out. You made a little girl so scared to be herself that she literally pushed herself away from everyone else and enclosed herself in the capsule. And I hope you feel really, really proud of that. But yes, I am the where I am now, mm. but it wasn't because of you. No. In fact, I had to spend several years building myself back up mentally and my boyfriend was a massive help in that. If you go through is. bullying, I can promise you, the moment you leave school, it gets so much better. You go to college, you find your people, you find your style. Yeah. College was the best thing because yeah. I found I, it was that process of time where I went through so many fashion styles. I'm not going to lie. I had blue hair and all black for a while. <laughs> then I went pink, had those little dresses, you know. Yeah. Then I went back to the English stage. It, it, it was, it's, I feel like college is that period of time where you figure out who you are. Yeah. Yeah, gets better after school, don't worry. When you came out to your parents, so they were really supportive. Mm. And was your brother as well, was it? Yeah. So the only reason that I actually got through school, because obviously I, I got really depressed in like year 10 and year 11. Like I spent the majority of my time not in classes, but sat in isolation because I just did not want to be, want to be around everyone else. Otherwise mm. I'd start panicking. Mm. Um, my brother was the person that, because I couldn't tell my parents. My brother had been to the same school. So we used to sit down with him and tell him everything. Wow. I found out, when I left school, there was one kid in my form that was really, really mean. I found out my brother went into the school and spoke to my form tutor without even telling me, and the kid stopped bothering me, and I never knew why until really? I left school. My brother was the biggest support. Like, he he was my entire rock, and he still is. We've never really had a fight. We've never been in a scrap. Like, he is one of my best mates. Mm. Um, he got me through it. But, yeah, when I, when I came out to my parents, like, it was specifically, I think it was just my mum first. Mm. She just looked at me and went, whatever you are, we love you. You know, we're never going to... We're never going to shun you for something you can't control and also something you are. Yeah. And they, they were so nice about it. They said, look, we always had a little bit of suspicion that maybe one of you would would, would come out. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were they were so good about it. It's just, it was like an immediate, okay, yeah. that's done with. I told my brother, completely fine. Yeah. Um, I was so lucky that I had that <clears throat> support ring. We had um, uh, an actress come um, on the podcast, Elliot Salt, who's amazing. And uh, she discussed, when she realized that she was that she was gay and she was like the thing that frightened her the most well, not frightened her but she she said it was this thing of going oh god because she was like the paperwork that i'm gonna have to do here i have to tell my parents and was the thing about like again it was like the admin of the entire thing yeah. when you have your parents who turn around and go 
it's cool. Yeah, you don't need it's to fill out. You don't need to fill out a form. Like <laughs> you don't need to register. It's okay. We got it. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Oh, that's that's so good. Mm. I, I don't know if I remember the. When did I? When did I know I, I sort of was thinking about girls? Ah, yeah, I do know. Um, <laughs> um, so, my celebrity crush is Florence Pugh. I, I've never, never loved a woman like I love Florence Pugh. But as well as that, there was a girl I went to school with, and she mm. was really, really pretty. And I, I won't once again, won't name. Um, <laughs> but you know who you are. But, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, to be honest, it was it was more like because at school I didn't really speak to anyone. You know, I mm. floated between groups, and and when the group decided to reject me out, it was like great, okay, I'll mm. go into isolation or I'll try and find somewhere that'll accept me. Because mm. the the group of friends that I originally hung out with, oh, the only way I can describe this is I was I was the friend that walked on the grass. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, like, yep, yep, they, yep. Oh they my were God, that's so such a good passive aggressive. It. Like one day they were super nice. One day it was like, hey, come and sit with us. Like, let's let's tell you all the beef. Let's tell you all this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And then the next minute it was like cold. You are you are nothing to us. We yeah. don't want anything to do with you. You are our punching bag for the day. Yeah. And that was how it went. And it it was kind of so I didn't really have a specific friendship group. So mm. I was kind of one of those people that was seen from a distance. It's when and you exist on it on the periphery. Um, it's, it's I think it takes a very long time to gather a sense of self because it's that feeling of like people not caring if you're there or if you're not. I felt like a side character. Yeah, literally. So like, I didn't feel like I had a hold of my own story. I felt like I was a side character and everyone else. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And maybe that was preempting. I don't know. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I know I floated between a group, but yeah, this, this girl, I just... I thought she was so beautiful. And I, I was like, I was trying to figure out whether it was a girl on girl, like thinking she's pretty, like, mm. oh, you know, you look beautiful. Or whether it was, you're really pretty. Mm. I think I'm attracted to you. Mm. And that that was like the most confusing point in my life. And then when I got to college, like I met my, I met one of my best mates now. She's amazing. Her name's Ella. Mm. She's complete polar opposite to me. She's like all black, a bit grungy, you know. Love it. And I fell in love with her the moment I met her. Really? Like I, I fell head over heels in love with this girl. Unbelievably. And then we we just we became friends, and now she is literally like the closest person to me. She knows everything. Mm. I don't. I don't. I'm not in love with her anymore. Mm. However, we have that. You know how men have that like that little. Oh yeah, I'll fuck that. You know that, yeah. that kind of like, that's what me and Ella have. You know, yeah, she'll smack yeah, yeah. my ass or she'll come up and she'll. she'll oh, I'm not joking. She's done this in public, yeah. right? And bear in mind, I have to keep reminding her and saying that I am. I'm. I'm an artist. Okay. You can't do this in public. We're in town. <laughs> we're in town a few weeks ago. She comes up to me. She grabs my boot. She goes, huh? <laughs> in in the middle of a store. I'm like, Ella, you can't do that. Or she, we'll go. Like we're in we're in her town, walking through Sainsbury's, grabbing loads of snacks. She comes up and goes, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Ella, you can't do that. You can't. She was like, why not? And I was like, because people's. Can you imagine? Article goes like, oh, girl gropes me. <laughs> It's like, no, that's my friend. I promise she's fine. Like, photo in the Daily Mail, her being like, <laughs> <laughs> she'd love it. So she'd love it. Attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Ella, we love you. Love you. Um, when did you start? Well, when did you realize that you could sing? Oh, um, I mean, I could start with the, there were, there were videos of me that my dad took when I was around four years old singing like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and stuff like that. My parents mm. always said to me that if they, they'd always assume I was ill if I wasn't talking, singing, tapping, humming or anything like that. Like they always assumed maybe she was ill if she wasn't singing. Right. Um, when did I know I could sing? I mean, 
I had a I had a vocal coach from I believe nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, from then, uh, I I went into classical and like, do you know what? Do you know Studfords? No, they're like professional singing competitions for for well anywhere from like kids to adults, but they're they're proper professional with like invigilators and. Mm loads of stuff and I did loads of those going up against like a bunch of posh girls in their posh uniforms and then I show up in my 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 trampy uniform with a stain down my front like it's ready to go let's go (laughs) 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 all right I'm ready (laughs) but yeah I I, like going up against these private school girls and so I had a lot of discipline singing yeah when I was a kid you know I got pretty much whipped into shape Mm. uh I did theater for a couple years but I think the moment we knew they knew I could sing was when I when I started to sort of delve into those competitions and sort of when I I started to realize okay she's getting better now okay she's getting better brilliant Mm. and then the moment we knew I wanted to be a musician I wanted to be an artist was the day I wrote my first song Mm. I I, I had like a little purple kids guitar you know the kind of one with the plastic strings that your mum gets you for Christmas got that for my ninth nice um from then, I wrote a song about a mother wolf and her cubs. Um, it's called Wolf in the Night. And I came downstairs, took my little guitar and my two scrappy pieces of paper that I'd written the lyrics on with a felt tip. Uh, brought it downstairs, played the song. And my dad stood there and he said, I, I think we finally found what you're good at. And this was after so many after school clubs, so many yeah. ways to try and release energy. And my parents knew. They were like, you've definitely got something, like yeah. ADHD or that. But um yeah he said i think we finally found what you're good at and funnily enough i have that tattooed on my arm in his handwriting i'll show you, yeah, you oh this is because i'm so fucking emotional at the moment and i don't know why this is gonna make me cry that's my dad's handwriting when i got that tattoo done i had to go into the toilet cry and compose myself because i just could not it was it's it's words that have shaped my entire personality and altered my brain chemistry because when he said that, the relief that I had, because I thought that I was going to go through my life and not be good at anything. Because I was never good at English. I was never good at maths. I was never good at anything. You're not good at the things everyone goes, you're supposed to be good at these yeah. things. And if you're not good at these things, then... <laughs> I got told by the majority of my teachers I was going to fail my GCSEs. I passed all of them except history. <laughs> and who Sorry, that? no, Should I, I actually that? <laughs> really, really loved my history teacher. She was the most amazing human being ever. She literally, like, introduced learning information through mm. lyrics mm. because I couldn't intake information to save my life. It was mm-hmm. like, straight out. Yeah. So that she taught me that. She was an amazing person, but I, yeah, I got told I wasn't going to pass anything um, and that I wasn't good at anything. So the relief that I heard when my dad said, I think we finally found something that you're good at was life-changing. It, it, it altered my entire brain because I was like, oh my God, I actually have something that I can... I can do, I, can, I have something, pretty much something to live for, yeah. something to actually enjoy. And that was, that was my something driving force. That's really, really moving and wonderful. Thank you. Do you uh-huh. know, the day I got signed was, it was the one thing that we'd wanted to do. Like I, I'd been doing this, I've been doing this for nine years. You know, mm. I've been, I did every crappy gig, every pub where no one was listening. You know, I had someone coked up, come up to me and go sing something else. Like I've had yeah, yeah. every crap gig. And so nine years of like blood, sweat and tears, arguments, the lot. Yeah. The day we sat down in EMI and I went to sign that contract, mm. I had to hand my dad a cupcake because both of us were sat there. The moment he looked me in the eye, I could not stop crying. Because when you like it is when you work for something for so long and you go through so much, and especially when you go through it with your dad. Yeah. Like he's my best friend. I could not be more thankful to have parents that I do. They're just incredible. So much respect for him. He went from knowing absolutely nothing about the industry. He's a network engineer. Yeah. 
He spent every waking moment, every break, every late evening, every morning learning everything he could about analytics, social media, everything. He learned how to work a camera. He he learned how to edit and cut videos together and, and audio. Like he is a phenomenal human being. And to sat to sit there opposite him while we achieved the one thing we'd strived for for so many years. Mm. It, it, it is a core memory. Like, I it just, I can't even explain you it. You marked it with a cupcake. We did, yeah. We both had a cupcake because we were like, stop yourself from crying. You're in a room <laughs> full of people. Um, are we allowed to say his name? <laughs> yeah, his name is Steve. Steve. Good old Steve. He, I, I can't explain how much respect I have for my parents and yeah. how lucky I am to have them. Like, because, you know, I could have turned around to my parents and gone, I want to be like parents, oh, I want to be a doctor, I want to be mm. a vet, I want to be this. But I turned around and went, I want to be a musician. And as far as anyone else is concerned, it is the hard, one of the hardest industries to get yeah. into. Oh my God, awful. Everyone goes, what? My parents could have gone, no, you're going to do something academic. But they went, if that's what you want to do, then let's do it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. I want to talk a little, when did you get diagnosed with ADHD? So, oh God, this is a process and a half. Mm. So I've, my parents have always known I've had something. They've yeah. always, always, always known. We've always said like, oh, I had the hyperactive disorder. My brother had the attention deficit. Right. Um, oh, but no. <laughs> it's run each other really hard as I make it up. It always said that I had all the Duracell batteries and he had none. Nice. Um, but I went through school realizing that I learned a bit differently. I yeah. could never learn from a board, no. or a pen, and writing. I always had to. I was always an immersive learner. I learned with yeah. color, shapes, numbers. Um, and it's quite, it's quite hard to accept that when you're in school because you're like, why am I not intaking this information like everyone else? Yeah. Why, am I not, why am I not moving as fast as everyone else? And mm. so that was always a big worry in my head. And then when I got to college, and obviously I, I grew up in a time period, and as sad as it is, that time period wasn't even that long ago. No. Okay? But it was a time period where ADHD didn't exist. OCD didn't exist. It was you are either a little bit bonkers or you're not. Yeah. And, and it, it, to be honest, like trying to talk about it to people and, and explain it as it was coming up. It wasn't until ADHD became an established, it's not a disorder, but I have to apparently say the word a disorder, mm. but it's not mm. um, a superpower. It is a superpower. It is indeed. Um, that that was when it kind of went, okay, maybe it might be that. Mm. So a couple of years ago down the line, I've always assumed something was there, you know, 
like I always, I never self-diagnosed, but I always went, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. I have it. Yeah. And then when I got signed and stuff, I got therapy mm. because being an artist, it's hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. You need therapy. You need someone to release stuff to because otherwise you get really pent up. So I took my therapy sessions and he, I was talking to, a, to my therapist about it and I was like, look, you know, I really, really think that this, this is what's going on. So my amazing label, they helped me go through the process of diagnosis. I'm wow. coming towards the end of that process at the minute. You know, so it is a long process about getting diagnosed. It takes a long time. It is a while. It's even, it doesn't matter whether you, you go private or you go normal, normal NHS healthcare. It is a long time mm. because it's, so there's such a backlog for people. Like there are, there are plenty of people I know that are still going through diagnosis and they've been in diagnosis for like 18 months. Yeah. But, um, I'm still going through that process, but the me- the mental journey that you go on, I can't quite explain it. My my partner's also going through his diagnosis as well as a couple of others, and mm. it, it's so hard because you learn so much stuff about yourself. Like I learned that if I need to get something done, I need body doubling, so I need my boyfriend to be in the room, or like I certain fabrics I can't touch and stuff like that that you mm. don't mm. you don't even clock is is not normal, but when you start to read up on ADHD and you go, oh my God, I can't touch crushed velvet. Yeah. I really can't. It's something about it. And once you start reading, you start realizing, like, oh, great, brilliant. And so as I discovered more and more about ADHD and learned more and more about myself, it was such, a, like, I, I got really depressed and I got really down because mm. I was like, why, why of all people did it have to be me? Like, why, mm. why am I like this? And I, I didn't quite understand until I realized that ADHD is not a disorder. It's just a superpower. Yes, we may get distracted a little bit. And yes, if you're wearing a funky shirt, we're not focusing on your face. We're looking at the patterns on your shirt. Yep. However, my God, the bloody creatives are incredible. I feel like everyone who has ADHD just has something, some spark of bloody magic. Oh because my God, yeah. you think of them, we, I say you think, we think of the most amazing things. And I, I'm so glad that, yes, I had to go through that hard process, but I'm starting to figure myself out as a human and understand why I do those things because I, I've always questioned why I did things the way I did. And I've found huge relief in it um, at the end of it, of going, oh, it's why, fuck, why do I learn something like that? Mm. Learn it so quickly, get really fucking good at it yeah. and then go... Zoop, and go on to something else. Oh, God. It's, it's hyperfixation, isn't I, it? It sucks. My hyperfixation is matter at the minute. <laughs> I, have I love it. It's always fucking some, it's something, whether it's like a big water bottle that has the like number, so you drink that during the day, then yeah. it lasts for like 10 days. Stanley. Like, yeah. I bought myself a Stanley. I do, it has helped me drink a lot of water, but my God, it's like carrying around a bloody beer barrel, oh, isn't it's it? It's like having a weapon. <laughs> you get something, you can take someone out drink. with it. It is, um, but just because for so long it was at the scene of like there's just something wrong with me i'm just i'm just yeah. shit I'm, I'm shit and i can't i can't stick to things or um why can't I, oh my god i have the the chili powder i was making tomato mascarpone sauce and i had the chili powder and i put it down i this was a week ago i just i've only just found it <laughs> i've only just found it yep and then i was thinking about it last night i was brushing my teeth and the idea of just standing and brushing my teeth for two minutes was too much. So I had to refill the water filter at the same time and do shit. And it's only now, like, understanding that I 
ADHD and oh. like neurodivergent that like I go oh, okay it's fine it's just it's fine it's, it's just fine. the way we work it's just the way we work it's I all right I know that's... to the outside world <laughs> it looks <laughs> looks nuts doesn't it I mean I I've just gone through the like the process of like I've got a house now you know I, I moved into my house with my partner in May and at first it's like yes you've got a house brilliant yeah amazing like this is my own space and then you go shit I've got a house yeah that's I've got exactly to clean it. this house I've got to keep this house organized this experience that you had at mm-hmm. school, what I like to do is kind of like circle back around to this thing of how that has informed you as as a person. Um, okay. Because with uh, with these things that I talk about in the moment, my why do you think you've got no friends moment mm. when that happened to me in the moment, oh my god, it was it was it. That's such a vile thing to say. Su- so vile that it's not just vile in the sense of yes it's a vile thing to say but it's also one of them things that makes you think so deeply about it and then you get into a spiral of oh my god why yeah i i can't that is such i can't believe and you told me that yeah why do you think you've got no friends you useless twat which was going to be the entire useless one you're the useless (laughs) it was going to be the entire title of this podcast and jamie laying podcaster my elder brother (laughs) We well, you know him. Um, <laughs> got married this year. Um, he he was like, I think you should take out the useless twat bit because it's too long. And also, it's a bit rude. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fair enough. So it became, why do you think you got no friends? But when that happened to me, like the 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 pain of it, the that I can't I can't put into words what what that was like and what the time that sort of fell out after that. But it is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. Because had that not happened, uh, I don't know if I would still be alive. Is what was said to me when I was when I went to recovery and rehab. Um, Sorry, but it's but now I go like fuck. I'm great. Fuck. Thank you. You know who you are. Um, I mean, you've got a lot, like, the amount of people that come on the podcast, <laughs> they all know, they, they and we all don't know. like you. And do you know what? I don't say your name on here, but I say it when the fucking microphone's off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know your name. <laughs> you, that's the thing, isn't it? You, you got so many people coming on. She's building an army. That's what she's doing. She's building an army. <laughs> We're coming for you. <laughs> We're coming for you. It, it's horrible because it's it's sad that it's such a horrible thing that's turned mm. that's turned into a good thing. I mean, mm. I, the amount of times I got told to kill myself at school. The amount yeah. of times I got told you're too fat. Like I had a kid at the same time every day. I walked in the gate same time every day. Told me to said, "No, just go kill yourself." Like just please, chasing out like. I like I the amount of people that went I like I for example I've got stretch marks everywhere mm. something that I used to be so petrified of showing I did not wear a dress mm. I wore jeans every single day long sleeve t-shirt mm. it's taken me a while to get over that mm. but they were deemed as ugly right so every time I'd get changed I get changed either in the toilets or I get changed real quick mm. and there was always these couple of people you're too fat you're too this like you shouldn't be and there was a point where I stopped eating mm. and I couldn't I couldn't bear the th- like eating made me feel sick yeah. And it's never something I told my parents. Like when I was sat down at dinner, I'd always piss around with my food for about 20 minutes and then get a couple of bites in and I'd go, no, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, but those words are so prominent in my life in the sense of I am body confident now. And yeah. my my goal is to make all the, all those kids that are getting told that they're too big, they're too skinny. Mm. Oh, that's not normal. That's mm. not right. One big, one boob's bigger than the other. Who gives a flying... Who gives a shit? Okay? 
the reason I started to feel confident about myself was because I finally found someone who accepts me for who I am. Yeah. And but those words were so prominent in my life that I had to I had to sit down and go, I need to sort myself out mentally. I need yeah. to start to love myself. Mm. And that that is it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's, it's a hard it's, thing to do. I think um we're talking like about how this experience how, how that experience informed you and how you were treated informed you because I think sometimes people go one of two ways that they you know the, the trauma it goes upwards and it's all like fuck you fuck you fuck mm. you fuck you fuck you no 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 mm. or it kind of overwhelms you and comes over yeah like a wave but then it passes and I think one of the things that can give you is a deep deep level of empathy um yeah a deep level of understanding and I think it sort of shows up in the way that if someone reaches out to you being like so proud of you and you're like I'm not gonna I'm gonna set this boundary by not connecting with you but I'm also not gonna be a fucking dick mm. and be and be cruel in return because when you have faced cruelty like that you do not want to give it to anyone you else. don't want to hand that on to no. anybody else I mean do you know what I will happily admit and I'll say this and I'll be completely honest and open. Mm. There are things I did as a kid. And do you know what? When you're a kid and you're in a group of people, you're so heavily influenced. Oh my God, yeah. The amount, there, there has been times I've said some things I completely regret and there I've acted in a way that I regret. And that that's, that's sadly the influence that people had on me. And I thought that was a good thing. Like there were mm. some things you think as a kid and then you go back as an adult and you're like, oh my God, mm, no. Mm, mm, mm. And... I will happily accept and say that those things were wrong. Yeah. And for me, I don't think it's about the person you were. I think it's about the person you strive to become. Exactly. I will always think about those things. Yeah. Those things will never leave my head. And mm. they, it's sad because you do something, you're never going to forget that you did that. Mm. But as long as you strive to be a better person, yeah. then in my eyes, I feel like those things become quite cleared. Uh, it's You never forget them, but... Yeah, I feel like the person you try to become and the person you move yourself to be is the person that is there. Yeah, and but yeah, the whole thing with school, I it is a sense of empathy. Mm. Uh, you can't. I genuinely, I walked into, I walked into the school because I did some, I did a concert for them a couple of months ago, and there was one girl, and I'm not kidding. She looked exactly the way I did when I was a kid. Mm. That that it's like this gauntless look, this numb, sort of non-emotional stare, and I know that look immediately mm. because that's how I look the majority of my teen years, mm. how I look the majority of my adult stage and tween age years. It's such a horrible thing. And I went to speak to her and I sat down with her and she was like, oh, you know, I want to be a musician one day. And I said to her, I said, look, I came from a small town. I came from getting bullied. You know, my parents weren't millionaires. They mm -hmm. weren't pumped with money. You know, my mum worked for the police. My dad works as an actual engineer. We came, like, they came out of the army with nothing. You know, they mm -hmm. worked their way up, mm -hmm. et cetera. If I can make it, mm -hmm. believe me, you can give it everything you've got and you can get there, yeah. et cetera. For me, it's, you know, it's not about it's not about the money it's about how hard you work and wait if you want to get to the position you want to get to i'm not in it for the money mm. i couldn't care about how much money comes with this what i care about is helping people yeah I, I care about being that person that shows those kids that i got bullied i got told every day that i was never going to amount to anything i got mm. told by teachers i wasn't going to do anything in my life Mm. I got told that I was never going to make it as an artist. I was never going to make it anywhere. I got told by some rich kid one day I was always going to be poor. I was always going to be this. And I worked hard. And if you work hard and you're passionate about something, 
you can get there. I'm just there to help people and show the kids that you can you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. Yeah. And as cringy as that sounds, it's so bloody true. Yeah, no, it is. I was striving for an impossible... Like, t- I'll say this. I was striving for something I thought was literally on the verge of impossible. Yeah. Because to come from a small town with... Yes, a great music scene, but obviously not as much as like living in Birmingham or Mm -hmm. Manchester. Coming from that and also coming from a place where we didn't have like loads of cash to splash on like demos and stuff like that. I thought it was going to be impossible. And so that's why it goes back to the day I signed that contract with my dad was both the strangest day of my life Mm. and the day I finally didn't feel a pressure on my shoulders. Yeah. 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 Entirely, entirely fucking surreal when it feels... Where you've entered into something when people are going, what? And it is literally like you're going, I'm going to bring democracy to North Korea. And it's like, it's literally it's, like people going, well, that's never going to happen. Yeah. That's never going to happen. For me, it's all the underdogs. That's always been my family motto. Those kids that don't feel accepted or feel like being, they're a little bit weird or a little bit kooky. Yeah. I'm here to say that's all right. I mean, for God's sake, look at my outfit. Look at who I am as a person. I'm mm. not afraid to be weird mm. because being weird isn't something that's, that's wrong or something that should be shunned down. Being weird is a is a bloody superpower because guess what? As much as as much as they're gonna go do their corporate jobs or they're gonna go become this, that and the other, believe me, you could create something that could change the bloody world and you don't even know it. Yeah. The creative <laughs> genius of ADHD. <laughs> Such a hormonal mess. Like it's oh. so fucking true because when someone turns around and goes, How many uh yeah, but how many downloads is it getting? How many, how many whatever? And it's like, I don't fucking when you get a message saying that I heard something that really helped me today. I've, 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 that's, that stopped me from doing something. Mm. That means, that means so much more than anything. A anything. thousand people could buy, buy the music. Everyone could share it and like and everything. But as long as it helps at least one person mm. feel a bit better about themselves or understand that what they're doing is all right. You know, yeah. you're doing all right. Life, Life treats people so, so difficult. And I feel like music is the soundtrack to everyone's lives. I feel like, you know, that scene when the two lovers kiss isn't as good when it, when it doesn't, have, doesn't have some heartfelt ballad underneath. Yeah. I feel like music is the soundtrack of our lives. And there are certain aspects of our lives that aren't soundtracked, a.k.a. ADHD. ADHD. Definitely should check that out. ADHD. But it's those, for me, it's about creating those songs. Like when I was a kid and I was writing, I used to write ballads and heartbreak mm. songs because I had so many terrible relationships as a kid. Mm. And bear in mind, like 15, 16 years old, and it was abusive relationships. Yeah. And I, I got told, oh, boys only hit you because they like you. Oh, you're too young to understand. Like, you're too young. You'll understand this when you're older. And I got so, so sick of being told that oh, you'll understand when you're older. I know your relationship can't be like this because you're a kid. Mm. That I spent so long writing about every single instance of heartbreak. The first song I wrote on piano was about a woman's perspective of divorce from an abusive relationship. I tried to write every aspect of heartbreak into Mm. a song so that there was something for everyone. My friends started coming to me with their breakups and said, can you write a song that's going to help me get through this? I write a song for them. And it didn't just become therapy for me. It became something for them. Yeah. It became something, okay, well, here's a song and here's, here's a healing element for you, yeah. you know? And for me, this, the music is about healing. Music is about that moment where you can breathe and just take a moment to take everything in. And 
music is, like I said, the soundtrack to everyone's life and it's the most important thing. Mm. I feel like half of my memories have a song behind them. Even with ADHD as well, people are saying, I've had a couple of people say to me, that's my anthem now. And that sits so deep in my heart. Yeah. Because for me to know that someone who's been through that same process that I have of questioning why they do these things and why am I like this, who has now heard ADHD and gone, oh my God, this is so true. I really, really, really am thankful for everyone who's messaged me about that because just knowing that something like that, especially a song about finding yourself and being neurodivergent, which is so hard to go through, has helped someone, mm. that's my job done. Mm. It's a really nice segue into my next question, uh, which is um, I'd like to ask everyone the things about themselves because it's a question we, we don't often get mm. asked. But what are the things about you that you genuinely love and cherish? Do you know, that's such a difficult question because I spent so many years hating myself. I know, it's the worst, isn't it? What's something I like about myself? My eyes. Because You I have... I was literally just... I was like, I can't <laughs> stop looking at them. So I've got a very different type of eye. So you know how you you can see your inner corner, your inner corner comes into your eye, like yeah. you've got that space. I don't, and for so many years... I hated my eyes. I thought, why are my eyes so, why are they small? Why can't I do like cut crease? Why can't I do this with my eyes? And I got so annoyed that I didn't have those perfect cat eye eyes. And mm. do you know what? The day I started loving my eyes was the first time my partner turned around to me and said, you have got the most amazing eyes I've ever seen. And I really, I stood in the mirror and I think I stood there looking at myself and I was thinking, how can he say that? Mm. How, how can he? And it was a long process, but... My boyfriend tells me every day, he looks me in the eyes and he tells me I'm beautiful every day. And for me, I found so much loving in the blue in my eyes because it's the blue in my granddad's eyes. It's the blue in my family's eyes. I have my dad's eyes, funnily enough. And do you, know, if, you know when you do like, oh, I'm so much like my mother. Yeah. A lot of people go, oh my God, I sound like my mother. Oh my God, I sound like my dad. I'm like, oh my God, I sound like my mum. I'm never sad about that. Mm. But I think it's my eyes, my body. Okay, the reason I say that is, like I said, years and years of body dysmorphia, years and years of of absolutely hating myself, but I am who I am. I'm not going to change, and I don't care what anyone else said because I've got someone back home that when I come home, they think I'm the most beautiful person ever. So that taught me to love myself in an, on another level and why I'm now wearing dresses mm. and being able to go out in skirts without being terrified of people looking at my legs. Mm. Being comfortable in your own skin is something that's so hard to do, but I, I'm i not scared to wear those clothes anymore because the, the fashion sense I wanted mm. required me learning to love myself in order for me to mm. strive to what I want to look like. Mm -hmm. I am a bigger girl. And guess what? I will eat that burger in front of you and I will take an extra fries. What are you going to do about it? Honestly. And who Seriously. is it hurting? All right. Absolutely. I enjoy a burger. Way. I enjoy fries. I enjoy food, okay? Yeah. Food is delicious, right? But do I care about if somebody comes up to me and says, you need to be a bit thinner, or you could go down a size a bit? No, you can, Karen. <laughs> how, about, how about you stop trying to strive for going to Weight Watchers every fucking 10 days? All right? <laughs> You're buying expensive food for no reason. Just eat burger. Get out of Whole sound, Foods. I mean, that does sound, that sound bad because there's obviously people that, that struggle with that. But for the people that go, you need to be a little bit thinner or, oh, you're a little bit on the curvy side. Mm. I know. And my boyfriend loves it. <laughs> Feel that. <laughs> Is there anything coming up that you can talk about? 
I can indeed. I mean, I've got I've got a single release coming up. <gasps> and funnily enough, it's about it's about Adam. Um, it's a song called Make Me Your Misses, and I'm so in love with my partner that I I am dreaming about the day he asks me to marry him. And you know, you know, everyone has that mm. that off moment. But I wrote this song, and it's half funk, and then the other half is what I can only describe as like a an audible representation of my love for him mm. it's got wedding bells in it as well you know big fat hint um <laughs> but yeah the song's about basically if you don't get down on one knee and ask me mm. in all due time in your own time i'm gonna do it myself because why why should it be socially acceptable for just the man to mm. do it like i mean it's the 29th of February is a day that it is classed, and I'm going to do this, socially acceptable, Oh, I bollocks, forgot this. For a woman to propose. Now, I want to release the song on that date because I feel like, A, that's a very hypocritical thing yeah. because a woman should be allowed to propose without any kind of questioning or norms. But I want to do it on that day because... I would genuinely get down on one knee and ask this guy to marry me mm. like that. Mm. However, he has told me he wants to do it. But it's it's a it's a song about my love for Adam and just every day. There's not been a day he hasn't made me laugh and there's not been a day he hasn't made me feel like I'm the only girl in the world. The day I met him, and I've said this, was one of the best days of my life because mm. I wouldn't be here without him. Yeah. I would not be on this planet. Yeah. You are the best thing that ever happened to me. That's wonderful. That's beyond wonderful. Also, I know I have two female friends who have proposed to their partners. I think the idea of of a woman proposing is so special mm. because yes, yes, a man could do it, and yes, it, it would be amazing. But a woman with love so deep for a man and so much trust mm. to, and for the man to go, yeah, okay, like I, this is fine. It just mm. is so happy. But yeah, that's what the song's about. Um, there's loads coming up. Obviously, festival season mm. is coming up very fast. I cannot believe how far into the year already. That's so weird. Mm. But there's obviously festivals coming up. I can't quite name yet. Um, but other than that, it's going to be a whirlwind of a year. And hopefully mm. some cracking new music coming out and some personal music. I forgot one very crucial piece of information that, oh my God, this is ADHD, this is. Yeah. Uh, I have a headline show coming up. Wee! <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> on the 27th of February, it will be at Colours in Hoxton. Tickets are on sale right now on my Instagram and on also all my social medias. If you want to come hear some banging tunes, me make a dick of myself on stage for Thank a couple you. of hours, come down and check it out. Come to the show. It's going to be all pink. It's going to be like you're in the womb again. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Oh, God, I'm back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 27th of February in Colours in Hoxton. Check out tickets. They're on sale. Come and see me live and come and have a good time. Come have a laugh. Come have yeah. a little room with love. Listen to me make Enjoy. a fool of myself for a couple of hours. I'm going to link everything down below. So please visit the podcast bio where you will find links to tickets. Um, but that just leaves me to say thank you so much for taking the time to come to me. London and meet my cat and sit oh, and talk. You do realise that there, there is definitely not going to be a lump in my jacket later. Just ignore that. <laughs> I'm such a cat lover. But thank you for having me. Honestly, right. to sit is so refreshing. Like, I feel like I can go about my day and it, it almost feels quite weightless. Yeah. Honestly, like, you are so amazing to talk to. So I feel like I could tell you anything. <laughs> that is what a lot of people say. My boyfriend keeps being like, you've got to stop <laughs> being... Because people tell you 
everything. And I was like, <laughs> no. She's a very good listener. Like, I mean, brilliant idea to have a podcast. Bloody. <laughs> oh, thank you so, so much. Thank you. And thank you, everybody who's come and made today possible. Really just amazing. And all the love and that's it. And to yourself as well. 